With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. We're going to talk uh, quite a bit about the rookie minicamp that was held over the weekend, along with all of our uh, draft picks fresh off the NFL draft uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, some things that we were hearing. We've got a couple of additional uh, signings to talk about, um, a couple of releases as well, not not too significant, but I uh, just thought we'd throw that out there to, to get everybody up to date. Welcome in. <coughs> yeah, sorry, uh, timing. Um, yeah, no, this um, was a was a fun weekend. Now Seahawks had the largest rookie minicamp they've probably ever had because um, you know the ten draft picks plus the twenty seven um, undrafted free agents plus another um, eight guys that I know of that were there for tryouts. So. That is a lot of bodies um, all in place, all learning, every, you know, learning the system for the first time and going through the stuff. And but there were definitely some standouts. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it is beginning to to learn the system, but more so just going through the motions to see kind of physically how everyone uh, shows up, everyone's standing out a little bit, um, learning some of the personalities of the guys, the way they like to learn all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just really kind of nice to be able to study a whole bunch of guys for a long period of time as an organization, and then to have them all land in one spot all at the same time. It's pretty exciting stuff. You know, uh, when Pete Carroll had their press conference, post uh, minicamp press conference, all that kind of stuff, they're just very excited 
uh, to be able to see these guys firsthand. Uh, we also had press conferences from a number of different players that kind of uh, gave some insights on their enthusiasm and their expectations coming in and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool to see, really. Um, you'd mentioned some standouts. What do you got? Well, I think one of the um, the standouts that kind of was the the center, um, Oluwatimi, um, which I probably butchered that. but <laughs> You got it, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> is that the 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 Seahawk coaches were really um d- dumping a lot of praise on how quickly he picked up um the offense and the different concepts that they were trying to install um and that stuff and and he basically you know uh multiple coaches were talking about how you can tell he's you know that long-term center like he knows his job he's he knows um blocking alignments and he knows those kind of things and so it came naturally to him to just here's not just what i have to do but what everyone should be doing um and that he just picked everything up really quick and that is a fantastic sign because usually i mean talking about a center um you need uh, a guy to have some time to learn all this stuff because they're the responsibilities that the center has are far greater than blocking someone and the sooner they can get all that other stuff uh, into their head, um, the sooner they can get on the field. Yeah, that, you know, I heard the same thing. Uh, basically, that he came in right away, uh, commanded the uh, the huddles, the the group sessions, and and so forth. Looked really good out there. Um, was excited to be here. If you listen to his press conference, you can immediately tell uh, the guy is a very smart and just a well-rounded player. Got his head in the right spot wants to take this job, but it's, he knows it's not going to be given to him. It's a great attitude to come in with. Um, I heard the same thing over and over again with Mike Morris, the other player from Michigan, the edge player, uh, mm-hmm. fifth round pick, uh, number 151 overall, went three picks ahead of Oluwatimi. And um, quite, a, quite a tribute to uh, Harbaugh there for coaching these guys up. But you heard nothing but good things from Mike Morris <clears throat> when he stepped to the podium as well. He was giving credit to his past coaches, uh, to players around him. Uh, he was excited to get into the system. Um, he just separated himself a little bit, I think, from uh, another group of players, especially on the defensive line. Got not only physically, guys six six, almost three hundred pounds. Uh, looks like he has the frame, Keith, to add another ten pounds. He does, uh, considering where they want to play him. Uh, wouldn't uh, doubt if he comes into camp uh, in July you know, closer to 310. Um, I think they said and that it he looks weighed like in he's... at 304. Oh, wow. When he weighed into camp. Um, wow. And uh, the other the other defensive tackle, the, the nose tackle that they took, uh, came in at 320. So yeah. he's booked up too. So they've got both these guys uh, about where they want them. They want, um, you know, they wanted both the guys to, to bulk up and uh, to be I a little a quick, bigger. I have an interesting question for you. So from both of those guys, listening to them at their press conference, they were both seemed like they were asked to do this around the combine um, Mm -hmm. in in private meetings and so forth, almost as if these guys were told that the Seahawks were going to draft them because they said, you know, they asked us to to bulk up both of them. They asked us to to bulk up, eat, et cetera, get bigger. This is where we want to play you. Um, and, And so we did. And here I am, 
And well, I don't think that's that a coincidence. No, Morris actually said so. Um, in this last weekend, like at the mini camp, like he was talking to reporters and he said that the Seahawks coaches said, you know, get yourself up to 300 and we'll draft you. So he did. And then they did. Um, yeah. and, and I guess his agent and him were in discussions the morning of the draft or on day two about, uh, you know, get yourself a scale, weigh yourself and send me the text so that I can send the Seahawks the text because they, they're going to be on the clock soon. And, you know. I, I just found that fascinating because no promises are made usually to players that, mm -mm. you know, you hear that in the NBA a, a few, you know, times now and again, that, a, you know, a player, somebody's going to draft you if you're, if you last till seven or whatever. Um, but you don't see that or you don't hear about that much in the NFL. And I found it just very interesting that players were asked to specifically um, gain weight to play a certain position in the NFL because a certain team is going to draft you. Well, I think part of it is that it's not just that a certain team, but I think it's like, okay, so the NFL views me as a nose tackle, um, not as a three tech. So I need to put on the weight so I can do it. And yeah, it's the Seahawks going, Hey, get yourself up to this weight and we'll draft you. Um, but that doesn't mean that someone else isn't going to draft them. It also doesn't mean that, uh, the Seahawks were the only ones to tell them we see that's, you as a nose tackle, true. put some weight on. Um, but it just so happens that it worked out that. Seattle goes, hey, put this weight on and we'll draft you. And then they did put the weight on and Seattle did draft them. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think it's fascinating. So, um, other picks, uh, Devon Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and, uh, and Jigba did not really work out. They, they went through some motions. They did some walkthroughs, et cetera, stepped up to the podium, had their, uh, time in front of the mic, but they were precautious with these guys around hamstring type stuff. And just we're kind of easing them into it. Uh, and Jigba said, hey, my hamstring's perfect, 100%. I feel great. Uh, and clearly the team's just kind of taking their time. They said, no worries. This isn't going to be a long-term deal. Um, so they didn't really have a chance to show, but they they went ahead and participated anyway. Derek Hall uh, came in, looked good. Zach Charbonnet uh, had some good reps. Uh, the team's also impressed with Anthony Bradford, the way that he showed up. Big, big mm -hmm. guy. Um, and enormous guy, exactly. And the way that the, the offensive line, uh, looked and, and, uh, worked together was impressive to Pete Carroll. Uh, obviously, um, other, other folks need to be impressed because Pete, uh, sometimes goes into these news conferences after these practices and everything is positive and everything looks great. Um, so, but it, it's, it's, it's fun. Anybody else stand out for you? Um, it's hard for the the linemen to, to to truly stand out in these uh, because there's no pads. It's more about do the offensive linemen get to the right spot at the right time? Um, do the defensive linemen uh, get to their spot at the right time? But there's not a lot of pushing and whatever. It's here. I, I need to be here, so I'm going to be. Um, where you see guys. Um, that actually are out there learning, competing, like real, more than just going through the motions is uh, on the outside, like in the secondary. Um, and uh, Jarek Reed, the sixth round safety, uh, came in and looked the part, looked good, had command over everything they asked him to do, uh, kind of stood out defensively as yeah. one of the better players. And 
Pete Carroll heaped on the praise, heaped on the praise. Um, John Snyder did too. It felt a little bit like Pete Carroll was sending a message. Um, the way he talked about Reed and everything, he's telling uh, guys like Diggs and Adams, get come in ready. Yeah. And, and love and Kobe Bryant. I mean, those, yeah. both, all those guys play in the slot. He's got some of that in him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quan, uh, you know, he said that Quandre Diggs hit him up in the night of the draft. He texted me. He said he and Tariq Woolen and Jamal Adams and uh, Mike Jackson all work with uh, the same the defensive backs coach in Texas, Clay Mack. Uh, yep. So all of us were very well connected. That doesn't surprise me that, that they would draft somebody that's already kind of integrated um, w- within their system, within the guys that they already know really well and trust. And I'm sure that they got some feedback on this player and, and so forth. So that's, well, that's very I, interesting to me. I think it goes both ways. Um, you have that, but then you also have the Seahawks are interested. We know that um, Brian Florence flow, uh, the area scout that, that scouted him that just pounded the table for this kid. Yeah. Um, you knew the Seahawks loved him and that, and that guy was going to fight, uh, you know, to make sure the Seahawks drafted him probably didn't hurt to have that connection to get in with, um, you know, the coach that, uh, Tariq Woolen and company, uh, work out within the off season. So, um, it probably went both ways. Yeah. Interesting. You know, the other player that I think stood out a lot was Cameron Young. We'd already talked about uh, how those guys put on some weight and came in, um, and, and Cameron Young came in at 320 pounds. Um, and then also Pete talked about a couple of guys that they brought in as well um, to to compete there with him. And I thought that that was interesting. Um, both um, Robert Cooper, the undrafted rookie free agent from Florida State, and Jonah Tavai from San Diego State. Um, Let's see. Cooper is listed at 61309, while Tavai is listed at 510283, but reportedly came in a little heavier than that. Um, kind of a bowling ball type uh, shape. But, you know, when you looked at Tavai's background and his playmaking, playmaking ability, he had um, started uh, 34 of 48 college games, um, kind of just put himself into the backfield frequent harasser of quarterbacks finished second in the country with 63 pressures and mm-hmm. finished with 10, 10 and a half sacks in 2022 followed up by an impressive junior year with 57 tackles for loss equally dominating against the run and went under the radar player playing at san diego state um and then he had the uh you know uh, measurables at 510 283 29 inch arms ran a five plus 40 um so teams you know he just kind of dropped out of the, of the draft process and he was going to be an undrafted guy. But you think about a guy like Puna Ford, who was equally That's productive, exactly who I thought of equally was, productive in yeah. college, but, but lacked the measurables quote unquote to come in and, and play Again, right away. It's, it's the, it's defensive tackles who are five eleven. Um, the NFL doesn't draft him, And I know that, uh, you know, Aaron Donald was, was short too, but he's six one. Um, and so the, and he's, he dropped in the draft because of his height. Um, but honestly, you look at, at the, you look at technique and guys that are a little shorter have natural leverage. They can get under the pads of the guard and center that they're fighting against. And, 
I don't see why it's such a negative as long as they've got a long enough arms to, to, you know, make it work. And who yeah. Ford certainly has made it, made it work as an undrafted free agent. And to kind of has, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he does have he's 29 inch arms. Yeah. He's a smaller player and he's got shorter arms. And so he's got a much larger, um, uh, yeah, task in order to get yeah. on the team and, and make an impact. But at the same time, like, he was really productive. Now, and Puna came from Texas, correct? He did. So, so this guy's coming from San Diego State Mountain West Conference. Um, you know, you're going you're gonna to be facing a superior um, competition here in the NFL. So you have to be able to make that transition. And this is what these chances are for. Undrafted free agents, come in, prove your stuff, come into camp compete against your own uh, guys on, on your own team, have a shot in, you know, a couple of preseason games, see how you do. Maybe the team, team keeps you around. Maybe they think you need some time, put you on the practice squad for a season, and then you've got your opportunity. That's how things like that happen in the NFL. It's just kind of crazy, but guys like that are built to, to take advantage of these opportunities. And, and that could be one considering how light the defensive tackle room is for the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did add um, Austin Faolio, uh yeah. after after the camp. He was a guy that was invited not as a a rostered guy, um, but as a tryout, and impressed enough that he is now on the roster. They signed um, him. Signed him to a contract. Signed him to a contract. Cut someone in order to get him onto that contract. So clearly, he did something right uh, yeah. over the weekend. Former um, Oregon think, Duck. Yep. I couldn't tell you who, what it was that he did. Right. Cause you know, we're not privy <laughs> to that information, but he impressed the right people. Um, he's a guy that played for, uh, the XFL Seattle sea dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's I'm in shape and all of that because he's coming off, you know, their season just ended, uh, not that long ago, but he's only 24 young guy. Um, and, uh, will come in and have a shot to, you know, make a roster. Uh, he originally, he, he originally what? came through the NFL uh, draft combine um, in 2021. Ended up mm-hmm. going undrafted. Spent some time with the Dallas Cowboys in their camp. Got cut. Ended up going to the XFL, as you said, Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh, originally with the Oregon Ducks in college, 113 total tackles, six sacks during his time in Eugene. So a little bit of production there. Six three three oh five is his mm-hmm. current weight came into the, uh, at the combine, uh, you know, around 293. So he has put on a little bit of weight. Um, so it's a, just another guy to add to the pile and we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, Pete Carroll has said over and over again that he, they aren't done addressing that spot. And then they, they sign him, Mario Edwards, the defensive end, uh, was added to the pile as well, signed, uh, as a, as a free agent, um, yesterday, I believe. Uh, to come in and uh, key, uh, Pete Carroll believes that he's going to be part of a four or five man rotation on the defensive line. He's going to be that important and that integral to their plans. That'll be interesting to see. He he is a productive guy, has a decent pass for a rush win rate, um, comparable to uh, the player that we just signed from um, Denver earlier in the, in the off season as well. And then they also signed Jacob, um, excuse me, they signed um, nose tackle Forrest Merrill as well. 
um, who's been around a little bit, and he's another guy that's going to add to that defensive tackle, nose tackle pile. Um, so it sounds like they're kind of adding the competition in for Cameron Young, mm-hmm. but the expectation is that Cameron Young is still the, at the top of the heap right now. Um, we'll see what happens as time progresses this summer if Seattle looks at the um, players that have been released. Um, and when they get into camp, maybe they uh, they go through training camp and they go into the regular season. Cameron Young is their player, but they go pick somebody else off or trade, make a low-level trade for, for somebody um, if they're not completely would, satisfied with their roster. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, one of the corners, like Trey Brown or um, Kobe Bryant, um, someone who is falling down the depth chart simply because other guys, they, I mean, they just drafted Weatherspoon, who's, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone, but he's already the starter. Right. Um, <laughs> like he, he like, and, there's, and Jerry Reed is, uh, is already turning heads. Yeah. And, and so they've got, they've got some young guys. Um, Treak Woolen, of course, is, you know, an all pro on the other side as a rookie, um, which is so rare. <laughs> um, you've got, um, you've got some young guys that are, that are stepping in and taking roles away from people. And you've got some other guys, you know, that are, you know, possibly tradable. If the CX can, you know, get a pick for, um, you know, Trey Brown and, or, and, or a defensive lineman, I, I, if they get through the preseason and everything with these guys healthy, you've got some of these guys that will never see the field simply because of the depth. Uh, in the secondary, so why not trade it? Trade it for a person that is, you know, um, going to help you at a, at a position where it's not quite as deep. Uh, and and I could totally see them yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. And if even if they can't get a guy like that, that there there's still the possibility of the trade, and they'll just take a draft pick for it because they love this upcoming draft. Couple, I'll just go through a few other players that I think that they uh, that stood out and the Seahawks really have an eye on for at least going through training camp with, and that's uh, running back Chris uh, Smith. He's got some good return uh, ability as well. Signed a sixty five hundred dollar bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he's going to have to beat up. He's going to have to beat up Kenny McIntosh, who had. Yeah, but that's if he, we carry four running backs. We've carried five in the past, and who knows true. how they're going to classify Nick Ballore. But McIntosh um, had a good camp. Yeah, showed, they love him. He they he showed. I mean, I get that like his um, measurables at the combine were terrible, um, but he is a very competent pass catcher. Um, yeah. Runs like a wide receiver, catches the ball like a wide receiver. Just a huge catch radius. They're gonna they love him, and they're going to love him. Don't discount uh, the fact good. that he runs tough. He's a tough he runner too. He's not very you know? big though. Well, he's he's two oh nine six. He's five eleven two oh nine. So he's not small, you, Keith. Okay, I thought he was like two oh one. Yeah, he's um, he's a he's a decent sized guy. And if you take a look at the film and you take a look at Zach Charbonnet, there are some out there that had Kenny McIntosh rated ahead of Zach Charbonnet. Um, yeah, as far as uh, the running back ratings in this class, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying that there were some. That's and, crazy. And if you go look at his skill set, his skill set is unique on this team. He's he's got the ability to run between the tackles, similar to DJ Dallas. He's got the ability, but do you really want him to do that all the time? Probably not. But as a complimentary back, Keith, he blows DJ Dallas away 
as far as his uh, skills catching the ball. You had mentioned it. He's a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. In He's a running a wide back receiver. body. He can yep. catch the ball and and do some damage out in open space. You know he's not going to uh, break away from you if he does get into open space. But he but he's um, he has that ability to find space, uh, put get himself open with his agility, and then uh, get to the second level. And I you know a he's going to make the roster. B I think, I think he's going to be the third running back on the field for this team over DJ Dallas. I think yeah, eventually. I, don't I I don't expect that at all. I expect him to be um a special teams guy uh this year. He's gonna be a, a special teams player and unless there's a lot of injuries, he's gonna have a hard time seeing the field with the offense. But don't uh, discount this kid, Keith. That's that's um it's just this year. Um and he'll get his he'll get his chances. But I just know that they <clears throat> you're gonna see Walker in that third down role this year. So that way it gets him the reps that he deserves. Um, but also gives him a chance to get Charbonnet on the field more. I really expect you're going to see Walker in that third down role, which is going to make um, it's going to make it hard. You got to put your best player on the field, and Walker's definitely that guy. There's no yeah. question. But Kenny McIntosh, you know, I think by the end of the year, could have you know work himself into that as far well, as especially being if, a specialist on this team. Especially if there's injuries. That's my my thought is. And there you know, always they're gonna, is. They're gonna they're gonna dress three running backs on on game day and it's going to be you know the two at the top walker and and charbonnet and then it's probably going to be dallas because he's the most versatile um and experienced yeah and, and put the ball on the ground you know yeah he's, he's good that and, way. and so all of those things point to um to dj dallas being the backup but one injury above him any of those three guys we're talking about a position that takes a freaking beating every week um, but one injury above him and Macintosh is now getting reps with the offense and they'll adjust roles to make sure that he gets them on third down because he is a type of player that should be getting them. Uh, he is a wide receiver in a running back body. He runs like a wide receiver. His ability to adjust to poorly thrown passes is kind of crazy. I mean, he had Stetson Bennett as a quarterback, so you know he's good at, at adjusting to poorly thrown passes. Um, and honestly, like I, you never expect like a seventh round pick. Let's you you don't just go into um, the offseason saying, "Oh, our seventh round pick is definitely making the roster." It does kind of feel like a foregone conclusion that this guy's on the roster. Yeah. Well, a that the running back room wasn't great before the draft, and b True. the kids probably. Could have been picked in the fourth round and we wouldn't have batted an eye, you know, especially if we hadn't taken Charbonnet ahead. Oh, if yeah. he's sitting there in the fourth round, we draft Kenny McIntosh. We would have just been, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we got him in the seventh round and that value, um, I think is really significant. I, 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 I like this kid a lot. I think that he's going to be, he's going to be pressing right away. DJ Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll see how, training camp works out and how preseason games work out you know there's always a, a kid that's going to impress pile up the yards and stats and in, in preseason and then doesn't uh make the active rosters cut or whatever and we're like what what's going on um he, he could definitely be that kid because i i i do have to hand it to you you made a legit argument for dj dallas getting those reps at least at the beginning of the season mm -hmm. um and we'll see how that goes uh, so long, what, go ahead. one other thing that came out of, of this is I may have a new favorite coach to watch during training camp. Oh yeah. 
for the longest time, I loved watching Chris Richard. He was as a defensive backs coach, watching him teach. Um, and then, um, you know, Ken Norton Jr. When he was a linebacker coach before he became the defensive uh, uh, coordinator, also just a good teacher, good motivator. But um, but Chris Richard was great with the fine little tiny details and the way that he coached and the way that he um, got players to to really kind of buy in and and do the little things that he was asking them to do and the tiny little adjustments that he was making between reps. Um, those guys aren't here, and I've kind of been like like last year. Last year's training camp was less fun because I didn't have a coach that I could just watch and just know that I was learning something watching them coach. Um, now that Andy Dickerson is the offensive mm, line I coach, I was hoping you'd say him. Not, um, not running game coordinator and offensive line assistant, but truly the offensive line coach. Him getting in there, working with guys like Olawatini and um, look what he did last year. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. And you uh, got I mean, two he, more guys this year in a similar on, situation. And honestly, like it's hard to tell at this point because we we they're not wearing you know they don't have pads on it, so we don't know if Bradford's going to actually hold up against um, speed rushers or any of that kind of stuff. But in terms of guys getting to their spots, being where they need to be, being smart, learning the system quickly, technique. It kind of looks like the CX may have got two more starters this year in the draft um maybe not day one starters but week six have both of them starting on that offensive line along with the two um the you know the two sophomores and then lewis who's still on his rookie contract too that is going to be a young defense or offensive line but it's going to be a good offensive line wow. uh, on, uh, it and they've got a they've got a coach They've, yeah. they've really, no, he's fun to watch. He's fun absolutely. To watch. No, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're dead on, on that. Um, very excited about that. I think that you take a look at what they did last year with the tackles. Now they've got mm -hmm. an opportunity to do that on the interior. Now build a line that's literally made up of first and second year players plus Lewis to kind of anchor that thing is the, is the potential and could be the reality. Um, now you've got Evan Brown in there. That's not going to give up that center spot. This, he's earned an opportunity to start in the NFL and he got it when he signed that free agent deal for Seattle, but they went and signed one of the, one of the best centers in, in, in all of college football last year and potentially the best fit for the Seahawks. And it's going to be a competition and, um, neither, neither player is going to go down easy on that thing. And I, I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, that's going to be one of the best competitions I think in camp to look forward yeah. to um the, the that interior line and then you know you got hands in there you've got lewis in there um these are guys that are fighting for a job they and nothing's going to be given to anybody not the rookies not the veterans yeah. um, and you guys got you got guys like kerhan too that aren't going to lay down they want their opportunity too they've been biding their time they thought maybe they'd get a chance this year and then well, now they've got some rookies that they're going to come in and you know just be handed a job no way that guy's coming in to fight Mm -hmm. And so their offensive line has a chance to have gone from this just pathetic weakness for years into being one of the strengths of this team. Yeah. Um, and could be you the know, second strongest unit. You, well, you know gosh, that I don't know. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, you take <laughs> a look at the, the defense. Have, defensive yeah, but the backs. six to have a good offensive line is like, 
oh my god like i've never seen this it's been since 2013 since the super bowl year it's pretty um, exciting they've had stuff, a competent dude. offensive line it's it's pretty exciting. so you take a look at the defensive backs and you're like well we're we're at least the, the best defensive backs uh group in the division we could be the best oh, defensive easy. backs groups in the nfc possibly the entire nfl we don't know yet we've got to integrate what we've got but but let's find out you take a look at the wide receiver room we added uh and jigba to mm-hmm. dk medcalf and tyler lockett what Top three wide receivers Top three fine it's hard i mean um miami's gonna have something to say about that but it find me a, a set of good you know mostly young wide receivers Okay, there's only they're three deep. They're, the rest of the is a, a lot of very unknowns, but the top three are elite. Yeah. And then you look at the running backs. Running backs, mm-hmm. you could say something very similar to that. Yeah. Um, you take a look at our tight end group. We're solid. Mm-hmm. It's solid. It's a solid group. And it might not be the top, but it's solid. Say it's the second best in the NFC West, anyway. Um, and then the defensive line, I think, is underrated. Uh, it's certainly a weak at nose tackle, but the defensive end and edge group is solid. Um, if you take a look at, at players one through seven, it's a pretty decent group. Linebackers, Bobby Wagner, Brooks, when healthy, Devin Bush, um, that linebacker group right there is definitely probably top five in the NFC, if not higher. If you, I wouldn't, I would don't agree with that. No, Bobby, come on now. Bobby Wagner was an all pro level play last year. Yeah. He diminished a little bit, but Keith, he made, he was making plays playing well last year. Lewis also isn't, um, I'm sorry. Brooks isn't going to be back until mid league in in tackles last year. Brooks isn't going to be back until mid season and Bush if he returns to his pre-injury athleticism was a steal <clears throat> or they got him. If he doesn't, then he's a waste of a roster spot. Yeah. And I, and there's no, there's no depth there at all. So I don't, I don't agree with um, the middle. I think middle linebacker is a, a cause, a place for major concern. And I'm not talking about Bobby Wagner, even though he's getting old and has lost a couple steps and has diminished some, he's still the strongest of the group by far. Um, and that's saying a lot because what's behind them is pretty weak, uh, considering Brooks is hurt. And then safety. Safety. They're, I mean, they're strong at safety. This is strong a great safety. safety team. So, um, you know, overall, Keith, I mean, our roster is starting to stack up against anybody, really. I'm starting. I, I have not, I've been on the, the Jamal, cut Jamal Adams trade, you know, since the season ended. Um, they're sure I trying could, hard to keep him. They are. They're working really hard to keep him. And I could see if he's healthy at the end of um, the preseason and ready to go. And he got injured so early last year. He should be. But if he's healthy at that point, I'm sure he stays. Um, but if, if he's not, if he just can't get on the field to practice during training camp in the preseason, that's a lot of money to pay a guy that isn't going to produce anything for you. I could see them deciding we're not going to stick him on injured reserve again and pay him again for doing nothing. Let's cut him loose. Um, I could see them doing that. Interesting. Especially right. if Reed comes in and does what we expect him to do. A couple more players I want to mention before we get out of here. Long snapper, Chris Stoll doesn't have a lot of competition. I didn't hear his name this weekend for a long snapper. That's good news. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's still on the roster at this point. We didn't hear about him. He's, he's good to go as far as I'm concerned. Um, (laughs) Chris Young, uh, Christian Young, the safety from Arizona, uh, Brugler, uh, top ranked safety 
undrafted rookie free agent. Um, yeah, six one two hundred twenty nine. Uh, excuse me, six one two twenty one. Ran a four five nine. Um, forty didn't test very well, but he's going to get an opportunity here. They like well, him. I understand. His size and he hits hard and. Yeah, the, the special teams coach is going to be pounding the table for a guy like that. Yeah, in his career, he had 106 sack, uh, tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, eight pass breakups, and two fumble recoveries, two forced fumbles. Very physical guy, going to put his nose in there, not afraid of contact, going to set the tone for your defense. Um, I think they really like this kid. It's something to watch. Um, wide receiver C.J. Johnson, I guess, uh, impressed. Uh, Brugler's 30th ranked receiver in the class had a sixth round grade comes in at six one two twenty four. big guy slower um, but seems to to fight for the ball high point the ball good red zone target gets open essentially um, and and the other kid um, I thought is interesting is Griffin Herbert um, he, he, they list him as a tight end but he's almost like a fullback um, and they may transition in, him into a fullback. Now, Seattle hasn't traditionally used a fullback. There are uh, fullbacks in this offense. I think uh, the 49ers are a prime example of using a fullback in the offense that we run. Um, mm-hmm. So it can work. I don't know if there's a spot for him or whatever, but he's 6'1", 239, runs a four five six forty and a one five eight ten 10-yard split. Um, and And... You know. It's not a fast 40, but that split's pretty good. Yeah, split's good. Shows, he's got... It shows he's got like good it. acceleration, if, even if he doesn't have long speed. And Holton Allers is a guy... Um, Holton Allers is fun. He, yeah. He's a fun guy. He's a fun story. We're going to love watching him in training if, camp in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, if he goes through training camp. You know, sometimes this time of the year, you never know. They they kind of come and go uh, quarterbacks-wise on the off and on the, yeah, the 90-man roster. But I think he's a guy that they want to kind of take a look at. For an extended period of time i think you're so too and, and um they were someone else is going to have to become available that they were like whoa how is this guy available in order for them to to move on from allers before training camp um pete carroll came out and was just talking about him and about how he threw 61 touchdown passes um yeah. you know in, in a year in high school and he's like who does that and then he <laughs> ran and he ran for um 14 or 15 more like um He's got a tremendous arm, can throw, you know, the whole make all the throws. They can more than make all the throws. He's got a, he's got a cannon. Yeah. Um, and he's extremely accurate. The problem is that it takes about six months for him, the ball to come out of his hand because, um, his windup is like, um, like a pitcher. It's just the whole body and it takes forever. But eventually when the ball comes out of his hand, great things happen. Um, and that kind of, situation as far as his uh, mechanics never bodes well but he's the type of guy that can come in and and do some fun things and and they can put him to work um put him on the practice squad put him to work with a specialist who can help him fix mechanics and maybe a year from now after spending a year on the practice squad he could fight lock for that um, backup job and uh, Pete, like I said, Pete loves him. He's a lefty, but he's big. He's a big guy. He'll be hard to tackle. Yeah, and he runs well too. So yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count him out. I just wouldn't. I think that he has a shot to yeah, at least a practice squad guy. Yeah, make the practice squad, and then if he can, if they can fix his fix his mechanics, he might have an NFL career. 
All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, today. We'll, we'll have more information as time goes on about all these guys, but uh, limited opportunity to, uh, to watch them, to listen to them and, and read about them uh, over the weekend. Uh, but it's just the start. Uh, it's exciting times. And um, we're going to have um, OTAs start up soon. And uh, we'll, we'll hear more from uh, the rest of the roster uh, coming up in, in shows uh, that'll be out soon. Uh, I think our next show is going to be a, a look at our uh, 2023 NFL schedule. We'll kind of go through that and uh, evaluate um, maybe where the wins and losses can come from this year. Um, so exciting uh, to go through that for sure. Uh, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You can find the show at Hawks Playbook on um, on Twitter. You can find us at CX Playbook on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and make sure you hit that subscribe button. I think we're almost up to 2,000 subscribers, Keith, on uh, our YouTube channel. So that thing continues to grow. We're excited about that too. So Awesome. Uh, yeah. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.